Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Heading downhill to the weekend, Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sean Carey here. Steve will be there in just a moment in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North 4th Street, Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors, Kia on the strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Our email, Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Twitter handle at Steve Jones PSU. And subscribe to our free podcast when you're on Apple Podcast, iTunes. Google Play, search Steve Jones Show, hit the subscribe button, and then when we finish live on WKOK, we drop the shows right to your smartphone and tablet, and you can always go back in time, three months of shows, we've got them archived at stevejonesshow.com. So we're with you live till 5. Uh, we're going to bump up our high school football roundtable, since the Phillies will be in this time slot tomorrow afternoon, and we'll get our play-by-play and stat guys in including Greg Wetzel from 100.9 The Valley. Greg is here. Uh, Bob Buner is here. Hello, guys. Hey there. Hey, how, are you? how you doing? We're great. And, uh, Sean, you know, we've got uh, a Lewisburg game Saturday night. We've got a Penn State game Friday night. We have a Sealands Grove game a Friday night and a Chickalimi game Friday night. So the weekend is fast approaching and lots of sports going on. Um, very excited to go down to um, College Park, Maryland on Friday night to see the Lions take on the Terps. There you go. Good for you. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, just worried about that um, Washington, D.C. Friday afternoon traffic. <laughs> just leave early. Yeah, well, what we're, we're actually <laughs> going to get in a, a canoe here right below the Faber Dam and paddle our way down to avoid the traffic. There uh, you go. <laughs> not far away. So you were mapping out the... Uh, the football lineup here for the weekend. So let's uh, let's break this down for you. Friday night here, WKOK, Penn State, Maryland, a 6.30 airtime with Steve and Jack and Matt and, of course, Roger Corey. Kickoff will be at 8. So because of Penn State on WKOK, we're going to move the Shikalemi game to 100.9, the Valley Shikalemi at Central Mountain. So if you're a Braves fan, but if you're not driving to Mill Hall, we will have that for you on 100.9, the Valley, Friday night, 6.30 pregame, yeah. 7 o'clock kick. Despite, despite the intense campaign by the interim director of finance, intelligence, and... Uh, and uh, commerce, yeah. and commerce, <laughs> uh, the other to put to put it on ninety four kx because his his quote was I'm an award winner I want to be on the flamethrower you bet like okay great is that the exact quote yeah it's very close or it's a great approximation I wouldn't yeah. put that past you no. or him no. both so both. Steve. Both. Uh, <laughs> You, you, this changes uh, Penn State's weekly preparation schedule. It changes your schedule. So, 
The Lions well, got to adjust to a Friday night game. Well, the Friday night adjustment is that because there is a bye week, you can make the adjustment easily. There really is not an adjustment to be made with one exception, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, because you go through the bye week, now you make Saturday a practice day instead of Sunday. And then you always have Monday off, so now you take Sunday and you make that your off day. Then you do your typical Tuesday practice on a Monday. You do your typical Wednesday practice. Instead, you're going to do it on a Tuesday. Tonight being Wednesday, they'll do their typical Thursday practice. And then tomorrow, they'll do a workout and then travel. So it just everything is moved up a day, and it's more convenient because of the uh, because of the bye week. You can do that. Now let's take. There's one other part though that goes with this. Now let's get to the part that is uh, out of the realm, because you always take Monday off. You have players that load up on classes on Monday, including afternoon or evening classes. And they do that because they have Monday and the flexibility on Monday to do that. So they tried for a couple of weeks, even longer than that, to get a hold of every professor they could to make sure, uh, I hope you understand if they have to be in class, they'll be in class. If they can miss the class to be a practice, that would be great. Or if they're late for, for, or you know, or are you a professor that, that you know the class goes till five thirty? I just want to let you know that you know that we're going to be practicing from this time to this time. So they try to do whatever they could, and they got a hold of everybody. I think except for one. And finally, they like say so they released a bunch of guys from practice on on Monday night. And in doing so, it turned out that then turned out they didn't have to leave because the professor was sick. So oh. it's like, like okay, great. Uh, but you know that's uh, but that's the difficulty. You have a lot of guys that load up on classes on Monday, sure. And this this will not be an issue the rest of the season because college football players miss Bob. They don't miss class. Well, the, I mean, they they don't miss class because the games are Saturdays. Well, not only that, Steve, but um, they have you know they get up awfully early in the morning anyway. So those eight o'clock classes are no big deal, like they were for me back in my college days. Like you know, come on, eight o'clock. Well, but the the players are up since like six. Yeah, earlier. but again, again, they they try to take Monday, and since they know Monday is the off day, they'll get stuff like a lab. Say, say you have a lab. I have a lab class, and the lab is on Monday night. Well, you're fine because you don't you don't. There's no practice on Monday, except this week. Now, I'm, I'm just using a lab as an example. Sure. I mean, there are a lot of different examples. That's the only little twist in this. That is a minor twist. Because, again, academics come first, and James has always been the kind of guy, just like Joe. Joe always had a list. X, Y, and Z have to leave early from practice today. Well, James the same way. X, Y, and Z have to leave practice early today. They've got a test. They've got a lab. They've got a project. They have something. That happens all the time. That's normal. It just turned out that a lot of guys do deliberately and smartly load up on classes on Monday because they have the ability to do it. Well, you know, uh, Steve, the um, situation with a Friday night game, and we've talked about the Penn State's 
really strong attitude against that um, it, because it interferes with a lot of things. One, it interferes with academics, and two, it interferes with high school football and the priorities of fans and and families and recruiting. Um, so, you know, if it's a Friday night game and all the high school seniors are playing Friday night at their high schools, nobody's coming to campus for a visit. So there's a lot, right. of, a lot of bad reasons about this Friday night football. I'm sorry. Call me uh, old-fashioned. There are, except I'm a complete hypocrite. Okay. And as a complete, as a complete hypocrite on it, I am dead set against Friday night college football. Yet if the game's on TV, I'm watching. Um, Utah, Utah played USC last week. I watched the game. Um, I would say that uh, along with Mr. Wetzel and a few others that are in the studio right now, we'll be at a high school football game instead. So, well, well that's fine. They could, well, that's because he has to be at the game. He's <laughs> announcing it. All right. So let's let me let's get let's let's get into it. If he uh, but didn't I'm have saying to be there. He'd be there anyway. I would. Right. But I'm saying that. For uh, for me, I sit there and I I am dead dead set against Friday night college football. Mm-hmm. But if there's a game, I'm sitting at I'm home. Sure. I'm sitting at home. I watch the game. Yeah, yeah. understandable. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, it's available to me to watch, so I watch it. Now, if it's not a great game, I'll watch Blue Bloods. I mean, <laughs> but but to be frank with you, it is a little difficult for me right now at this stage, to be honest with you, to actually go out to high school games. And it's the only uh, game on. Yeah. The other thing, it's the only game on that night, so everybody's watching you. Uh, yeah, and that's what the, you know the Big Ten thought they were creating with this. There are four games coming up on Friday night. The other one, I believe, is Arizona State Cal. I believe that's the other Friday night game, the late night Friday night that's game, correct. which is actually yeah. a very, which is actually a very interesting game to watch. Now I won't watch it because I'll be we'll we'll be on a bus going back. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but again, I you know Utah played USC last Friday night. Well, you know what? I watched that game. That was a game that interested me, and I wanted to watch it. Uh, but I think the way it's always been is that Friday night is for high school football, Saturdays for college, Sundays for the NFL. Now. There was a period of time back in the 90s and into the 2000s where college football tinkered with Thursday night, with a Thursday night game. Yes, a, a Thursday night game, one. Now, there is one this week, Memphis is playing Navy, but one Thursday night game. And you know what? That was fun to watch. I thought it was interesting. But when the NFL invaded Thursday night, and this week's game, look, I'm going to be sitting in the hotel tomorrow night. Right, and there's no doubt I'm going to be watching the Eagles play the Packers. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Uh, if it's a, now last week it was Tennessee and Jacksonville. Uh, excuse me, over here didn't watch it. Yeah, <laughs> did not didn't watch. Wasn't interesting enough. It was a and bit you, of a dud. Yeah, but I'm saying that if it's it's all about the interest. Utah and USC interested me. Boise State played Air Force last week. Yep. If that was the only Friday night game, I probably would not have watched it. Uh, you See, don't it, like it, the it, blue turf uh, out in Boise State? It, yeah, but it's just all about the matchup. It's all about yeah, exactly. who's, who's playing. Look, the, the Penn State game with Maryland is going to get a good rating. Mm-hmm. It's going to get a good rating. There's no, no getting around it. You've got Penn State there to begin with. 
And there's some intrigue about this in Fox Sports 1. they got Brando doing it. they got uh, Spencer Tillman doing it. I So, I mean, Fox Sports 1 is, quote, going forward as well. This will get a good rating on Friday night. Uh, and I know that, you know, but it, this is where I don't know how much more money they got from Fox to do this, but I was dead set against it. Uh, and I know Penn State won't host one. And I know there's this adorable thing going on about how Maryland is, well, they can't have such a big game. They cancel classes. It's such a big game. Oh, cut me a break. They cancel classes and everything else because they need the parking lots. Right. <laughs> they do. Well, they I need hope, the, yes. you, you, you can't yeah. park the cars if people are still at work. No question about that. And uh, I'm, could, uh, By the way, could you give me a little bit of inside information where I can park my car on Friday <laughs> afternoon about 4 o'clock because I'm looking for a spot? Uh, you, <laughs> take the train. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the the um, Scott Weibel sent me uh, – uh, it was on Facebook, wasn't it, Sean? About – how they feel about this down there with all the traffic and everything like this. And he said, it's not like having a game like this at Indiana or Illinois. Well, in Indiana or Illinois, they do something like this. They do the same thing. They cancel classes. They need the parking lots. Now, do they have the traffic going in and out? No. But if you don't have to go to work that day, what do you care about the traffic? That's right. I mean, seriously, I mean, they're not going to have to go to work that day. So, So what do they care about the traffic? It doesn't matter. The traffic will be for the fans going in, and that's typical D.C. traffic on a Friday night anyway. So this could be a poss- possibly a late-arriving crowd from that. But in terms of the people that work there, if they're told they don't have to go to work and they need the parking lots at noon, traffic is, now has become zero of an issue. Well, I'm just hoping I can find that parking spot somewhere within five miles of, of the stadium on Friday afternoon. Uh can't help you on that. I'm going in on the team bus. Oh, I do have a pass for. Although I do have a parking pass for Jack, so we're good. Oh, okay for Jack then. Yeah. Okay, I understand. Well, uh, you do understand that. <laughs> yes, very much. We're so. at, we're driving to work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just what I'd like to point out: we are actually driving to work. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so I'm more like of to... a more of a fan on Friday night. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, I mean, but I think I think the whole thing's wrong uh, about about what they're doing with this yeah. and how they've invaded the space of high school football. Now, but you know, remember too, there's also a lot of high school football still played on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there still is. There is a bit, but you know, it's not like it once was. I have to say, there's been a. You know, one of the reasons why people played on Saturday afternoon, Steve, is some of the stadiums and up and around the Scranton area, some of the still don't have lights. That's right. They don't have lights. And so they play. But Bishop McDevitt, I think, still plays on Saturdays, right? Yes. I believe, I believe, yeah. Down in Harrisburg, they yeah. play on Saturdays all the time. So, I mean, you know, uh, it's, uh, it used to be a lot more Saturday high school football. Then finally it transitioned to Fridays, and then they took over on Friday. And it's great. I mean, when I played back in the in the dark ages, back when Woodrow Wilson was president, is that with the leather helmets? Absolutely, no face mask, exactly. which means I that, that, that means that means I have a perfect face for radio. <laughs> the I mean, we our place didn't have lights. We played Saturday all the time. We only played one Friday night ever. And you made it home alive from that. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, but I'm just saying we only only be we only because that's just not the way it was in Connecticut. Most places didn't have lights. Now they have lights all over the place. In fact, my high school that I went to, they have lights now. But you know, we we played on Saturday all the time. You know, Steve, civilization advances on even in Connecticut. Uh, I tell you right now, right now, Connecticut may have a few more prospects than Michigan does. Uh, so, uh, I mean, look at all look at all the kids from Connecticut that are on this team now, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing it left and right. They're actually Connecticut's actually churned out some prospects in the last few years, which is very interesting. That's a good very thing. interesting. That's a wide uh, open state for recruiting. Uh, I mean, it's it, and it's not a state that Connecticut or BC's cultivated very well. No. So, but but yeah, it's I mean I mean even so I know so if, if there's a college game and a high school game, you guys will go to the high school game. Mm-hmm. Sounds to me like Bob's going to the college game. Greg doesn't sound to me like he's going to the high school <laughs> yeah. game. I'm going to the high school game, but I know I know this week I've talked to several people who are going to the first half of the high school game and then heading home to watch the Penn State game. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. then on Saturday, just because my Saturday is now free because of Friday night's Penn State game, I'm going to drive down to Shippensburg to see the Bloomsburg Huskies take on my wife's alma mater, the Red Raiders of Shippensburg. So I get a, a double a double header this weekend. Just keep your emotions in check, Bob. Oh, I know. All right. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This will be the last Wednesday that we have to do this. The rest of them, our roundtables, will be back in the normal Thursday time slot. As the Philly season will end this weekend, Phillies gone. All right, let's start out with Zach Showers. Do we have Zach on the line? We sure All do. Right. Yeah, we can go to him first. Sure. All right, Zach, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself, Steve? Good. I'm doing well. How would you evaluate last week's game? Um, a lot of the same. The defense played great um, going up against Berwick, who's ranked seventh in the state in quad A. Um, I mean, they matched them physically. They came out. They played hard. 
Um, so the defense played great, actually. The seven points was off of a pick six, so it's really the only, well, it was the only way that Seelands Grove scored last week was off of that. Um, but like a lot of the previous weeks, the offense really couldn't establish anything. Um, they couldn't get the running game going. Danny Schock didn't have a lot of time to throw the ball. There wasn't a lot of explosive plays. So it was kind of a mixed bag um, from a compete level. After the game, um, I think the coaches and the players were fairly pleased that they played and competed with a team like Berwick. Um, so I think moving forward, there is a lot of optimism that um, the schedule, um, there's still some really good teams on the schedule, but um, it does lighten up a little bit here for the second half of the season. So, What really has propelled this defense to play as well as it has played? Coming into the season, there was a good amount of guys that came back um, at every position. There was guys that had started and had seen time. Um, so really, I think over the past couple of weeks, they've started to build depth. They've started to work some new guys in. Um, and it, you're also seeing guys that went from playing significant snaps as sophomores uh, now being a lot more confident juniors. Uh, and any time you just see that leap from year to year, it's helped. But um, they're playing physical. The the linebackers especially are playing downhill, and they're making plays in space. So um, you know going against the Orange Grove defense that you're going to get hit hard. Um, you're in for a physical battle. So when they've been able to bring that to the table, they've been very successful this season. And what's the missing ingredient on offense? That's a good question. I think it's something that we've been – That's we've been why I'm about. here, man. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, we've been talking about it a lot. I mean, right now, you know, it's like beating a dead horse. A lot of it comes down to the offensive line. Um, There's talent there, and they just haven't quite clicked yet. And I think if they can click, you're going to see the offense take off. Um, But right now, there's a lot of – there's also not really an identity. Um, I think that's something – the second half of the season you're looking to a kind of establish is this a team that can that we can line up and pound the football and go play action or is it a team that you're going to need to spread things out a little bit more um so right now a lot of it comes down to the offensive line and um you know just giving danny shock time and opening up the running lanes all right so what about the matchup with loyal sock at home this week so Loyal Sock comes in 3-2. and two. Um, They lost a good chunk of their receiving core last year. Um, I was looking at numbers last night, and they lost almost 1,900 yards of their 2,000 passing yards. So they've been kind of working to replace their um, receiving core offensively. Um, they're led by uh, quarterback Chase Cavanaugh, who took over last year for um, All-State quarterback Connor Watkins when he got injured. Um, and he's thrown for around 50% of his passes for about 850 yards. Um, so he's been uh, pretty good. That's definitely an area where the Seals B is going to have to um, step up and make plays. He can run the ball a little bit as well. Um, but on tape, um, they have a running back, a freshman, Davion Hill, um, who's been pretty explosive, especially the uh, weeks two and three. So I think um, defensively, um, it's really going to be making sure that you're not giving up big plays in the in the passing game and the running game. Um, and I think I think defensively, if they do that, um, they're going to give them a shot to win. Um, and like we've talked about a lot, um, they just Seelands <laughs> Grove needs to I think establish the running game. Um, last year against Loyal Sock, 
um, they had their best rushing output in a game. So I, I'm hoping, I think Seals Nation is hoping that um, they're able to get that running game established with Nate Schoen and um, bring a pretty physical um, play on Friday night. Zach, always a pleasure. Appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Have a good one. That will be on Eagle 107 Friday night. Also on Friday night, Shikalimi will play at Central Mountain. That will be on 100.9 The Valley. I'm going to assume it's Dave Ritchie with us today. Yep, that's me, Steve. Dave, great to have you with us. Uh, in the Jersey Shore game, gave up a lot of points, barely scored any points. Uh, where are they right now as a program? You know, because we're at the halfway mark. Offensively, I think uh, Coach Tilford is a little bit, uh, you know, thinking about, well, they've tried the wing tee and they've had some success, and Jersey Shore uh, basically shut that down. And then they came out in the second half and, and went uh, spread offense and moved the ball against them. So he's probably thinking, uh, you know, which one of these is going to work the best th- th- for the last five games. Defensively, uh, I think he's trying to find uh, some some players that uh, you know are are going to be able to uh, get their assignments done and uh, and be able to stop not just the run but the pass. It seems a lot of times uh, when teams are running the ball against us, we 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 basically can defend them uh, you know when they throw it and then vice versa. So you know if I could figure out if I could figure out uh, what what Shikalami needs to do, I'd be Voltar on the oh, sure. uh, on the bro- <laughs> on on the boardwalk in one of those uh, fortune telling machines. It's it's been it's been, it's been tough. It really has. Obviously, the players are brought up in the wing T system. They're yes. brought up through the system. They're brought up on it. Uh, but that doesn't mean it fits everybody. No, I mean just because you're brought up in it. So are, right now. Do they have to adapt a couple of things based on the personnel they have? I, I think so. I mean, two years ago, Todd had a great uh, spread offense team. He had a uh, his son Gabe, who's at Bloomsburg, did a terrific job quarterbacking. He was able to to run the option and throw the ball, and and just he had a lot of skill people. Last year, uh, Lucas, his other son, uh, developed an injury, and they really tried to spread without him, and and it didn't work that well. So they went to the wing tee. Right. Take different types of athletes. I wouldn't be surprised if Todd looks at it. I, I said to Kevin at halftime, I said, how did this Jersey Shore football team lose two football games? And Because right. we couldn't figure it out because they scored on drives of one play, two plays, and three plays. And it just seems like they were unstoppable. And then Chicklamy came out and spread them out and started to move the ball. And I think I had an idea how some of the other teams did defeat them. Right. And again, it's all about matchup. It's yes. all about my why can why can team A beat B why can B beat C so you assume A will beat C not C beat A it's all the matchup as to why it, as to why it happens have there been a has there been a player or two that even in some defeat has still distinguished themselves where you look at it and go you know what he gives them something every single Friday night well I look at. I look at the kids in general, all all uh, 22 positions, and I see that uh, the effort is there, Steve. Uh, I mean, there's definitely these kids are playing their hearts out. They they really are. Uh, I've noticed that uh, that uh, Davis Marshall at at the tight end, wide receiver for a first year player, has demonstrated the fact that you know he's capable of uh, playing both those positions. You cannot you cannot. Uh, 
uh, say anything about the hearts of the the quarterback Drew Balistrini. He plays with a a lot of passion, and uh, I, you know the single any amount. There's a there's a, a linebacker. His last name is Wolf, and uh, it, he's he's done a great job from on the inside. It's just the fact that you know if if all eleven on the team at one particular time gets things together, they'll they'll be successful. And you know I. You said about matchups. I mean, you know, uh, Maryland had those two great games to start the season, got beat by Temple. Temple got beat by Buffalo, so Penn State should have no trouble with uh, Maryland, right. correct? And that's, and that's, you know? and that, right. And that's not, that's not how it works. No, right. I know. Exactly. I know. And, and this, this night, uh, Friday night against Central Mountain, uh, I'm, you know, Greg Wetzel's telling me that he's seen them play. He said that they have a good quarterback and two wide receivers, and, and if Shikleby can stop the pass, they don't run the ball well. Well, we'll see if, if, if I think, I I think Shikleme does well against the run, but uh, sometimes you know the, you're expecting uh, people to throw the ball, and the next thing you know, they surprise you with a with a run play for big yardage, and then things kind of go south after that. So we're, I, I, I think it's, I think it'll be, uh, I think Shikleme will will play very well up there. I really do up up at Central Mountain. I do. There's, but there's another part to it too, Dave. Is that when you do get into a bad pattern. What is it going to mean to these guys to be the one to score first, to get out and play with the lead instead of suddenly looking up and going, oh, great, we're behind again? Well, Steve, I'll tell you, up at Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore was driving with their first possession, and we intercepted the pass and got it to the 40-yard line. The very first play, they, they ran a play where the where the receiver came over the middle. There wasn't anybody within 20 yards of him, and the ball was overthrown. If he, if he would have caught that ball, it would have been a short touchdown, and I am almost positive that that whole scenario would have been a lot different. That, right. that scoring the first touchdown or, or the first points of the ball, no, I'm not going to say first points. The team that scores the first touchdown uh, definitely is, is, is going to be uh, at an advantage, and that's the same way with our kids. Uh, I, I look back to the Danville game, and that was the first game of the season, and it was a very winnable game. And maybe by some rights, we we probably should have won. But you know, you win that game, and then the next two games, uh, I, I'm looking after three games, we could have possibly been three and zero. Instead, now right. we're zero and five. So, right. you know, that first touchdown means a lot. You're exactly right. All right, Dave. That's going to be on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Or check that. That's going to be on 100.9 The Valley on Friday night because of the Penn State game. So 100.9 The Valley will have that. And the Valley will then have the Saturday matchup in Sealands Grove between Bloomsburg and Lewisburg. And Greg Wetzel, Lewisburg's coming off that 28-26 game. I mean, obviously a lot of drama in that one. You know, what really swung it for them in the end? Uh, halftime adjustments. Lewisburg coaches made a halftime adjustment where they doubled a wide receiver, taking away uh, just a little slant route. And uh, Lewisburg really dominated the second half. It's uh, it, it was very simple coaching maneuver that that uh, led to the victory. All right, and you you look at that. Now let's get to the confidence part of it. You go mm-hmm. through something like that. What does it do for the confidence? Oh, uh, tremendous! Because they were behind twenty to seven, came back and took a twenty eight twenty lead, had the ball on their own one yard line. They intercepted a pass in the end zone. Well, not quite in the end zone at the one yard line. Right. First play, Shemokin jumps off sides. Second play, Moyers gains four yards. It's second and one from the 
10-yard line, run a quarterback sneak. The quarterback fumbles the quarterback sneak. Shemokin recovers, goes in for the score, makes it 28-26. Lewisburg stops a two-point conversion, and then they control the rest of the game. So confidence-wise, they are feeling really good about themselves. And one of the things that's happened with Lewisburg in their three victories, they have taken away one portion of the field for the opposing team. And by that I mean, Steve, is they have a defensive lineman by the name of Josh Ghost who is mm-hmm. just controlling that part of the line of scrimmage. Shemokin couldn't run a drop-back pass against Lewisburg because if they did, he was sacked or running for his life. So he had to roll either right or left, which essentially was taking away half the field. And uh, that really played into Lewisburg's hands because their weak spot on defense is their secondary. They're giving up almost 184 yards a game passing. So uh, when you only have to cover half the field, it makes it a lot easier for you. What does it mean, Greg, for a coach to be on the sideline and they miss on a two-point conversion, you're winning 28-26, where you can look at your team and say, you know what, guys? You're, you're still winning. That's ex- Well, that was huge. And you could just see the whole team. I mean, Shedleski, the quarterback who fumbled, he was down. He thought, oh, boy, I just cost us the sure. ball game. But as soon right. as they missed that two-point conversion, he was like – he jumped off the bench. He couldn't wait to get back on the field, and he rallied the guys around and said, hey, here we go. And uh, they they moved the ball down the field. They had to punt, but uh, Shemokin had an 80-yard drive with uh, – no timeouts and a minute 20 to go in the game, and Lewisburg intercepted the ball, and the game was over. So, yeah, it, it was meant All a right. lot to the team. What does it mean now that the Saturday matchup, not what it means, but what are the keys when they face Bloomsburg Saturday at Sealands Grove? Well, I th- I think the key, again, is to make them one-dimensional. Uh, in the, like, right. Like, you know, take away the running part of the game, and Lewisburg only has to worry about pass defense. And they've been able to do that in their three victories. They haven't been able to do that in their two losses, but they have been able to do that in their three victories. And with Bloomsburg, they run a spread offense. So you expect them to pass, not run the ball. And uh, they have a very athletic quarterback who's uh, 6'4", 200 pounds. And so it, it'll be interesting to see if they can handle that line of scrimmage and, and make it a one-dimensional game. Yeah. Is Dave still there? Yes, he is. Yes, I'm here. Okay. I, I want to I ask this question to both of you. Mm-hmm. Based on your experience, all the experience you've had around high school football over the years, are you surprised? Now, everything trends. Are you surprised how much people throw the football now in high school compared to, to days gone by? Oh, you... Coach uh, Persing and I just talked about that yesterday. Uh, it just shocks me. Every team we played this year has a great passing attack. And yeah. it, when when I was in school, nobody had a passing attack. You know, if it was third and six, you were running a draw play or a screen pass, for crying out loud. Uh, yeah, no one had a passing attack. It was all run, 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 and run some more. Yeah, Greg and I come from the same backgrounds of, of coaches, and, and if if we threw the football, it was very, very uh, unusual. And, and I've noticed over the years that, uh, that especially at Shekalimi, that we've developed uh, quite a few uh, excellent quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And, and every, team, every team seems to have, the first thing they talk about is, boy, can this kid throw? Yeah. All right? I mean, they've got a great quarterback, and they've got a pair of receivers. And the amount of time, I mean, George, I remember 
coaching when George Curry was at Berwick in the 80s, and he was the first coach in this area that would go trips right with a single receiver to the left, nobody in the backfield, and everybody says, what's this guy doing? Well, he's winning football games. That's what he's right. doing. And right. so since then, it, it has been a real shock that everybody's kind of caught on to that. Yeah. Which then brings me to one other point about that. There are counters to all of these things, okay? You can run zone blitz. You can run Tampa 2. You can run quarters. You can run cover 3, cover 2. You can't really do it in high school because you need a lot of time to put those kind of defenses in, and it's hard to counter that on this level because you don't have the time or the skill level to do it. And the high school coaches all put in hot calls, too, because right. if you start doing that, next thing you know, they're dumping it off to somebody yep. that's just hanging out in yep. the flat, and there's nobody within 10, 15 yards of him. That, and that's what's helped Lewisburg this year is they have four down linemen that have been able to put pressure on a quarterback. Yep. And, and that has helped. But if you don't have that, you're in trouble. You, you yeah. really are. Appreciate it, guys, very much as always. Great conversation. Take care. All right. Thanks so much, Dave Ritchie, Greg Wetzler. Thanks to Zach Showers as well. Rich Scarcella coming up in the next half hours. We continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK.